Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come, Silver. Let's go, big fella. It was early afternoon when a young printer named Bob Cook entered the blacksmith shop in the town of Wishbone. He called a greeting to the smithy. Hi there, Jack. Howdy, Bob. What's your horse shot? I'm downright busy. I today. just want to put this handbill on the wall if it's all right with you. Go ahead. Another reward, no? No, it's an ad. Oh, oh. I, I thought it might be something more about those counterfeiters. What counterfeiters? Read the handbill by the door. Sheriff nailed it up this morning. Counterfeit money circulating in this point. Yep. You better be on the lookout for it. The Mohawk Construction Company paid in gold for this printing job. That's the outfit building a big dam on Possum River, isn't it? That's right. The foreman came to my shop yesterday. He said the job was going along all right, but more men were needed. He hired me to print and distribute these ads. Uh, I'll leave a few with you, Jack. Hand them to anyone who comes in. From the blacksmith shop, the printer went to the stagecoach station, to the restaurants and the cafes. 
He stopped in the local laundry, the saddle shop, the hotels, boarding houses, and the bank. But by the time he reached Pete Chester's general store next to the bank, he still had a large bundle of ads under his arm. When he saw them, Pete Chester asked, What are you talking, Bob? Help wanted ads, Pete. I printed more than I need. Mind if I leave the extra ones with you? What'll I do with them? Pass them out to anyone who comes in from the ranches to buy supplies. All right. Put them on the counter. I see the sheriff was here ahead of me. Yeah, he posted handbills about that counterfeit cash all over town. Yeah, I know. I I saw him while I was making the rounds with my hands. I never trusted paper money. It's easier to carry than silver or gold. Even so, no one in town will handle it now. Those crooks are bound to be captured if they try to pass any counterfeit cash here. Too bad we don't know what they look like. That handbill doesn't describe the counterfeits. Well, the sheriff's on his way to the Hornblow Ranch right now to try to get a description of them, Bob. Does he figure to get it from Clarabelle? No, but he thinks the Lone Ranger or Tonto might know what they look what? like. Lone Ranger? Tonto? You mean to say They're that... at the Hornblow Ranch. Great day. I thought everyone in town knew that. Well, I didn't know it. Yeah. The Lone Ranger was wounded a couple of weeks ago. He hasn't re... He's recovering at the ranch. What do you know about that? <laughs> well, Pete, the sheriff's mighty lucky to have a couple of men like the Lone Ranger and Tana to turn to for help. Oh, boy, fine. Steady there. At that moment, the sheriff drew rein behind Clarabelle Hornblow's ranch house. He dismounted and strode toward the open kitchen door. He found the buxom ranch owner alone in her kitchen. She was placing a tray of snowy biscuits in the outsize oven of her huge cooking stove when he entered. Well, howdy, Sheriff. What brings you here? Official business, Clarabelle. Oh, I uh, hope to talk to the Lone Ranger. How is he? Oh, he's coming along fine now. You know, he's eating regular again. Well, good. In that case, I'll talk to him. Not on your life. Well, he's not going to be bothered by law or outlaws. No. Say, why'd you want to see him? I want to talk to him about this handbill. I got a batch of handbills like this one from Washington. Take a look at it, Clarabelle. Hey, this is a warning about counterfeit cash. Yeah, and the government's mighty anxious to capture the fellows who are handling it. Was any of it turned up in town? No, but I posted copies of that handbill all over the place, warning folks to be on the lookout for it. Do you think the counterfeiters will come here? The Treasury Department figures they're headed this way on their way to the border. The trouble is, I don't have a description of him. Who's that? Tonto. He's coming from the masked man's room. Oh, good. I want to ask him a couple of questions. Oh, sir. Well, howdy, Tonto. Hey, give him that handbill, Clarabelle. Right. Here you are, Tonto. Yeah, read it, Tonto. Then tell me if you were the Lone Ranger of cut sign and any counterfeiters lately. Me not here of counterfeiters for a long time. Oh, I thought maybe you could give me a description of the fellows who were circulating that worthless cash. Last time we hear of counterfeiters, five, six years ago, law capture whole gang. All crooks go to prison. I see. Well, I reckon I'll be on the way. Well, here, handbill, sir. Well, thanks. Say, how about staying for dinner, sir? Well, thanks, Clarabelle, but I've got to see Marshal Dixon in the next county. Oh, have instructions to pass some of these handbills on to him. Well, if you're riding to Buckland County, you have a long trip ahead of you. Well, I got the order direct from Washington. The sooner Dixon knows about that counterfeit cash, the sooner he'll be on the watch for it. Hey, boy. Get it. we're not able to tell Sheriff what crooks look like. Well, no use worrying about it, Tonto. 
Those counterfeiters may not even turn up in these parts. Uh, this morning you say you want supplies from town, Clarabelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go get them now? Oh, there's time for that after we eat. Say, if you'll call Thunder, I'll get a tree ready for the Lone Ranger. Late that afternoon, two strangers stopped to study the handbills that were displayed in the window of the Wishbone Restaurant. Had the sheriff known their identity, his search for the counterfeiters would have ended. The tallest of the pair was Gopher Ryan, a bank robber and a murderer, well known to lawmen in Missouri and Arkansas Territory. His partner was a handsomely dressed, moon-faced man named Hep Garnett. The black bag Garnett held contained $50,000 in counterfeit money. As he read the handbills, Garnett shifted the bag uneasily in his hand. Help wanted. Mohawk Construction Company has good jobs for carpenters, stonemasons, mule skinners. Apply to the foreman at Tossin River Dam. You thinking of applying for work, Gopher? <laughs> Not me, Hef. I'm just thinking how lucky we are. Big construction jobs mean big payroll. It's easy to get rid of counterfeit cash in a balloon town. Well, that other hand, Bill, will change your tune. Read it. Huh? It says, uh, be on the lookout for counterfeit paper money. The treasury agents are ahead of us. That means the law will jump us as soon as we try to pass the money. That's right. We better get out of town, Hep. How? We don't even have the price of a stagecoach ticket. And even if we did, it wouldn't do us any good. Why not? Where could we go from here? For all we know, the law has alerted every peace officer between here and the border. All the blasted luck. I figured to cross the border with a fortune. And you might as well forget what you feel. What's wrong, Hep? Look across the street. What? You're thinking of that bank. Yeah, I am. Count me out. Why? You're an expert safecracker. The last time I tried bank robbery, I met a gent called the Lone Ranger. I went to territorial for that whole I'm and I'm not, not suggesting we go in shooting over. Take a look at that building next to the bank. I see it. Pete Chester General Stowe. Yeah, remember Pete Chester? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a fellow named Chester was in territorial prison the same time we were. That's right. And if he's the same man, our troubles are over. How do you figure that? Only a thin wall separates that store from the bank. Yeah? They're built right smack against each other. Exactly, Gopher. Well, what about it? Listen, there are more ways than one to get rid of this counterfeit money. If Chester's a man I think he is, and if his store has a basement, we'll enter the bank from his place. How? We'll dig our way in. But... Oh, I savvy your scheme. Look, we'll take $50,000 in good American paper currency out of the bank and leave my 50000 in its place. Oh, there'll be an investigation. But by the time the law realizes what happened, we'll be on our way to the border. And the bank will be holding 50000 counterfeit dollars. Right. <laughs> Those bills of yours look so much like real cash, it might take the law a couple of days to figure out we switched good money for bad. Well, it takes an expert to tell the difference. Of course, now that the law's been alerted, they know what to look for. That doesn't worry me half as much as Pete Chester. He might not want to throw in with us half. <laughs> oh, you leave him to me. Come on, we'll go call him. Howdy, James. Where? Here's our old pal, Pete Chester. How are you, Pete? You fellas seem to know me, but I can't place you. Oh, you got out of prison ahead of us, Pete. Hef Carnett. That's right. And you remember Gopher, don't you? 
How'd you two get out of prison? Oh, we're out. That's all that matters. Ryan was in for life for killing a bank guard. I busted out. Heft was luckier. He got a parole about a year after they let you go. I wasn't paroled. I was released. I completed my sentence and... and became an honest, upright citizen. Come out west and founded a business. Anything wrong with that, Gannett? No, no, not a thing. Fact is, Pete and Gopher and I are mighty glad you're doing so well. I'll feel a lot better after you two clear out of here. Now get going. Take it easy, Pete. Gun. That's right. Now simmer down. What do you want? Oh, not much. Just a little favor. If you think you'll get away with blackmail, forget it. I have friends in this town. They know all about my past. So does the sheriff. Oh, we're not interested in blackmail. Your pal had a reason for pulling his gun. What is it? Pete, is there a basement beneath this store? Yes, every store in town has a basement. We'd like to rent yours for a few days. Why? He's bound to find out. Hex might as well tell him. Well, your basement is right next to the bank. Gopher and I plan to enter that bank from your place. We'll dig our way in, Pete. All we'll need is a tunnel large enough to crawl through. Get out of here. Clear out before... Quiet down or I'll blow your head off. Take it easy, Gopher. Someone dismounted in front of the store. Well, must be a customer. The Redskin, he's coming in. Pete, Jeff will keep his gun under his coat that it'll be covering you. Savvy? Uh, You walk to the counter and wait on that customer, Pete. Just remember, Gopher and I will be right beside you. Now get moving. All right. Jeff, that engine looks familiar. He's a stranger to me. I've seen him somewhere before. Oh, Pete. Hi, hi there. What can I do for you? Only come for supplies. Wait if you're busy. No, no. I was just talking to a couple of your friends. Uh, I them fellers' friends. Uh, yeah, Tonto. I Tonto. He's the redskin who travels with the Lone Ranger. Uh, me know you. You oughta. You and your masked pal sent me to prison. I knew I'd seen you before. You go for Ryan. Make a run for a tunnel. Don't try it, Injun. You're covered. Hold your gun on him, Heft, while I disarm him. Right. The last time we met, you held a gun on me, Injun. That's right. Well, things are different now. A lot different. Because my pal and I will shoot to kill. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue. Tonto was helpless as he faced the guns of Gopher Ryan and Heft Garnett. As soon as he was disarmed, Gopher turned to his partner and said, I will get rid of this redskin, Heft. Not so fast, Gopher. But I have a score to settle with him. 
He and the Lone Ranger were responsible for me going to prison. You do as I say. Put ropes on these two. You heard me, Gopher. I'm not taking orders from you. Listen, you knothead. You'd still be in prison if I hadn't helped you make a break. I had brains enough to get you out, and I've had sense enough to steer clear of the law since then. I've used my head instead of my trigger finger. But these two are... We'll take care of them when the time comes. Right now, the last thing in the world we want is to bring a lot of folks in here to investigate a couple of gunshots. We've a job to do, and we're going to do it. My way. But I tell you what... You're not telling me anything. Get that rope and tie their hands. We'll take them to the basement with us and then tie their feet. I think you're loco to keep them alive. But all right, if that's the way you want it. After the door of the store was securely locked, Tonto and Pete were taken to the basement. Their feet were tightly bound. Then Heft and Gopher found tools and started work on a tunnel. How long do you figure it'll take us to get through to the bank, Heft? Oh, seven or... Seven or eight hours. Maybe less. All we need's a hole big enough to crawl through. I know, I know. Just keep digging, Gopher. The faster we work... Sooner we'll finish this job. At nightfall, Clarabelle Hornblow went through the ranch house, lighting the oil lamps. Then she returned to the kitchen. She glanced at the big clock on the shelf and frowned as the door opened and Thunder Martin entered. Uh, Clarabelle, the chores are finished. Uh-huh. Can't back from town yet? No. Wonder what's keeping him. I wonder the same thing. Half an hour later, Clarabelle moved to the kitchen door. She stepped outside and stood listening. Thunder Martin knew she was worried. Oh, Clarabelle, there's no need to fuss. Thunder, I thought maybe I'd hear Scout's hoofbeats. But it's still his boot heel out there. Tonto can take care of himself. But he should have been back here hours ago. He must be in trouble, Thunder. Oh, now, Clarabelle. Look, look, you saddle your horse and ride to town. Find out why it's taken Tonto so doggone long to get a few supplies from Pete Chester's store. <laughs> An hour later, Heft and Gopher were startled to hear heavy pounding on the front door of the general store. Who's that? Doesn't that jughead know the store's closed? Oh, the light at the top of the steps can be seen outside, Gopher. What's he he saying? I don't know. I'll find out. I see that light in there, Pete. I know you're inside. That fool tear the door off the hinges if he doesn't stop pounding. Open up, Rob. What's this door down? Whoever he is, he's yelling for Pete. Take the ropes off him, Gopher. Why? He's going up to wait on that fella. If he doesn't, that big ox is likely to break the door down. I recognize that voice. Who is it? Thunder Martin. I bet he's come to look for Tonto. Well, you're going upstairs, Pete. You'll open the door and tell Martin you haven't seen Tonto. Not in your life, you I will. You do it or we'll kill you. Pete had no choice. 
While Gopher remained in the basement to guard Tonto, Heft went upstairs with the storekeeper. He crouched behind the counter with his gun drawn. He watched Pete open the door to admit Thunder. Well, it took you long enough to open the door, Pete. Well, I was downstairs unpacking stock. I saw the light back there, so I knew you were here. Say, what time was Tonto here? Thunder was puzzled when Pete denied having seen Tonto. Unable to understand what had happened to his Indian friend, the big man bought the supplies he knew Clarabelle needed. He waited patiently while Pete wrapped them. Then he left the store. He made inquiries throughout town and returned to the ranch to report what he had learned to Clarabelle. As she listened, Clarabelle unwrapped the packages he brought from the general store. When she removed the paper from a slab of bacon, a strip of newsprint fell to the floor. She picked it up. Hey, Thunder, what's this? Why, it looks like a part of a handbill. What's it say? It says, help wanted. Uh, Looks like it's been torn off the top of an ad. Bob Cook printed some for the Mohawk Construction Company. Pete had a stack of the ads on the counter. Help wanted, huh? Well, if Pete wanted to send us a copy of that ad, why'd you tear off the bottom? Want to send us the ad, Thunder? Huh? He wants us to send him help. What? That's what this means. Those big black letters mean he's in trouble. Then, then why didn't he say so when I was talking to him? Maybe he couldn't say so. Say, you might be right, Clarabelle. He did seem downright nervous when I asked him about Tonto. What's that? What sounds like the Lone Ranger's moving around his room. Must have heard us talking. He's been worried about Tonto, too. When they reached the open door of the masked man's room, the Lone Ranger was pulling on his boots. In spite of Clarabelle's protests, he strapped on his guns and strode from the house to the corral. (laughs) With the help of Thunder and Clarabelle, he saddled the great horse Silver. The white stallion nuzzled his shoulder and pawed the ground as if he were anxious to travel. Then the masked man mounted and called, Come, Silver! Astride the powerful horse, he raced from the corral with Thunder close behind him. As she stood in the moonlight watching the two men head for town, Clarabelle's eyes glistened with tears. Thank heaven, the Lone Ranger's riding again. Meanwhile, in the basement of the general store, Heft and Gopher were placing gags on Tonto and Pete. What's the idea, Heft? Well, in less than an hour, we'll be finished with the tunnel to the bank. What's that got to do with gagging these two? You want to get rid of the Indian? I still want to get rid of him. Then you'll have your chance. I noticed Pete's buckboard in the shed behind the store. We'll put these two in it. You'll take them to Possum River, shoot them, and throw the bodies in the river. That's a good idea, Heft. I'm wondering how long it'll be before Tonto's masked pal comes here looking for him. If he shows up... Pete was talking to Thunder Martin, he asked about that masked man. And Martin told him the Lone Ranger was still in bed, recovering from a bullet wound. You mean someone gunned the Lone Ranger? Yeah. Martin said the wound had been infected. I hope he dies of lead poisoning. Well, whether he does or not, we don't have to worry about him coming here. In that case, we're in the clear. No, we're not in the clear yet. But we will be. Because after we get the cash from the bank... We'll leave some of the counterfeit bills in Pete's store to frame him for the job. I savvy. The sheriff knows about Pete's record. Well, if he puts two and two together, he'll figure Pete robbed the bank and left town. And while the law is looking for him, we'll be on our way to the border. And by the time the sheriff finds the bodies, we'll be across the Rio Grande. Right. Now, I'll stay here and finish work on that tunnel. But as soon as you've taken care of Pete and the Indian, come back here. 
We'll get the cash from the bank and be out of town before daybreak. Get her! Tied and gagged in the buckboard, Pete and Toto tried to sit up. They were well out of town when Toto succeeded in bracing himself against the side of the light wagon. Then he heard a ringing cry. Gopher heard it too and recognized the voice. It can't be the Lone Ranger. Half said he was wounded. Then Gopher saw two riders on the moonlit trail ahead. One of the men was masked. It, it is the masked man. Realizing that the Lone Ranger would recognize him, the escaped convict drew his gun and tried at the same time to drive the wagon off the trail. As the wagon jounced across rocky ground, the Lone Ranger saw Gopher. The frightened killer opened fire. Thunder's startled cry was punctuated by the fire of the masked man's Colts. A silver bullet struck Gopher's arm. A moment later, Thunder and the Lone Ranger were alongside of the wagon. Thunder halted the horses as the masked man covered the wounded killer. Don't shoot me again! Don't shoot me! My hands are up! I haven't killed your engine, pal! He's alive in the back of the wagon! Five minutes later, the sheriff drew rein beside the wagon. Pete was climbing to the driver's seat while Toto covered Gopher Ryan. Oh, oh boy, oh there. I heard gunplay. Sheriff, where'd you come from? From Buckland County. I was on my way to town when I heard the shooting. What's going on? When Toto explained what happened, the surprised lawman said, You mean the Lone Rangers recovered? Ah, him on way to town with Thunder Martin to capture other crook? Yeah, here's a pair of handcuffs for that prisoner. Catch him. I got him. While you two bring him to town, I'm going after Thunder Martin and the Lone Ranger. Get up there. Come on. Get up. Half an hour later, Hept Garnett lifted the last spade full of dirt from the tunnel that opened into the basement of the bank. Taking a lantern, he pushed the bag of counterfeit money through the opening. Then, getting down on his hands and knees, he crawled into the hole. He was tired, and his hands were blistered from the strenuous digging. But he forgot his weariness when he reached the basement of the bank. That's far enough, Garnett. What? On your feet. What? You're under arrest. Sheriff. That's right. What? Well, what are you doing here? I'm here to take you to jail, where you'll be able to compare notes with your pal. You mean Gopher? Yeah. He'll be in the same cell with you. If that double-crossing jughead told you... He didn't you... tell me anything. I don't think we're the ones who talked. This tunnel and that bag of counterfeit cash tells the rest of the story. All right, I know when I'm licked. You were licked before you started. Did you think tunneling into the bank was all you had to do to commit a robbery? No, but Gopher's an expert safecracker. He could open the vault. In that case, it's a good thing he'll be out of circulation from now on. If he'd taken care of Pete and that Indian as he was supposed to, you wouldn't be here holding a gun on him. There's no use looking at that tunnel you dug here. Well, I... I know. You figured to make a break for it, but you're trapped. I'm covering you with one gun on this end... And there's a gent on the other side with two guns. Big fat, two gents and three guns, Sheriff. I'm over here with a lone ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer.